Are you between the ages of 18 and 29? Or are you a member of the church who's interested in feeding into the life of someone between the ages of 18 and 29? How do we connect young adults to faith? That's the question we're asking over the next couple weeks in this Care Ministries podcast series on ministering to young adults. We'll be joined by David Wildman, as well as several other guests as we explore this question. So, yes, Josh, as you edit this, this will go very nicely with the idea of language and yeah. understanding language. Because, again, it's you guys all know it, and we don't. And so I could see where if somebody was in a setting, whether it's a church or a corporate setting, of hearing language that they're not familiar with, but yet the people who are um, in that culture know it and expect you to kind of use it. So... Um, my last question would be this. Two, there's two parts of the question. One thing, what, what's one thing that churches are doing uh, that are driving, that you think would drive millennials and Gen Z away? And what's one thing that they could do to invite them? Um, because a lot of stuff that I hear is that churches either don't do anything or they try super hard and it comes across being plastic and inauthentic and then they're like they're just you know they hired a guy who looks like a young hip guy and they have like you talked about the smoke machines they have smoke machines going and stuff and it feels like this doesn't feel real this feels like you're doing it like you're trying too hard so just to repeat that my question would be what's one thing you think that churches are doing that are that are driving or being uninviting to your age group and what's one thing they could do to be inviting uh one thing that I was actually going to try to jump in on is the one thing that I kind of felt like the church did a disservice to themselves was that technology side of things where they felt like you, they kind of scrambled a little bit like, oh, you know, we're, we're growing older, you know, we're, you know, we have to capture the, the next generation and get them in here. And so they went heavy on the technology side. They started live streaming services and just anything and everything they thought they that could capture this young adults group and actually it kind of one day they woke up and realized half our attendance is not showing up all of a sudden well it's kind of like well you you were your own worst enemy and that you gave them a means and capability to just roll over in bed grab their phone and i'm gonna watch church from here so Mm. As my mother-in-law would say, St. Mattress. I'm going to St. Mattress today. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, she's going to shoot me for that one. So, um, But then, but on the other side of it, you know, so I came from a church that was doing that. And they're waking up to that right now. And so they're kind of scrambling and trying to flip the script, but also not totally pull the plug on what they've done. But ease that thing back a little bit. Um, but coming down here and finding Brookwood, my wife and I, it was just so refreshing to walk in and actually have a church that did a, an amazing job of balancing the use of technology, but also the importance of kind of what these five have been talking about, that community, that connection, that being able to come together and share with each other, uh, just hang out with each other, be with each other. And so... It was just like we walked in and immediately felt that at Brookwood. Like, this is, they're doing it right. They've got that balance. 
they're not too heavy in one area or the other kind of thing. So, mm. what, what do you think, Dylan? Um, so this is kind of what came to my mind when Gene asked the question, but I don't know if it necessarily fits what he was asking. I think a big misconception from the standpoint of a young adult looking at a church is the religion that's behind it. So I think as a church, it should be as a community. And like, because Brookwood's non-denominational, I'm pretty sure. That's correct. Yeah. And being inviting to everybody, um, I think is a big part of why people love to come here into churches like this, like people call them mega churches, but churches where it's everybody's welcome. You're not going to be judged for anything that you do. Like come as you are, basically, um, growing up in more of a structured church with a structured religion it's definitely more um kind of like i was saying earlier if you do something wrong you do it wrong and it's that determines a lot of things in your life whereas i think the church at least here has done a really good job at conveying the gospel to those that are coming here especially for younger kids because everybody's going to mess up in life Mm -hmm. some people's mistakes are you know they might carry them heavier than other people but i think knowing that you're accepted not only by God, but also by the church goes a long way in feeling um, like you're invited into a community. Mm-hmm. And that's also on the other end of it. For some churches, it's not like that, where it's very not critical, but not as welcoming. I think as Christians, it's really easy to get this mindset of, I'm a good Christian, and if you don't do this, then you aren't, when in reality, None of us are really good Christians. We're just all perfect in God's eyes, and he's transforming us. Mm. So I think that that has a lot to do with it. It's you know kind of this mentality of even with David starting the young adults group, come as you are. You could be married. You could have two kids. You could be 18. You could be in college. You could not be in college. doesn't matter what you're carrying with you. You come as you are, and we're all children of God no matter what. Yeah, and I think that that is a problem in the American church that transcends age. That's that's among all mm-hmm. age groups, that idea <laughs> of community or judgment or having to wear a mask. Um, that affects all the age groups. I think once, at least for me, when I started coming to church and I took my own mask off is when a lot of the transformation changed and a lot of things popped up, like the young adults thing started right around the time that that happened for me. Mm-hmm. And the community itself will... You'll be attracted to the community, but it's also God as a way of pushing the community towards you. You just have to be open to it and see that and go with it. What about you, Hunter? Um, I feel like for me, the first thing that came to mind was their experience. I've, I've like, when I, when I was in Clemson or just looking around churches, a lot of churches will use the more like feel good messages where you'll go in and the messages are always kind of to make you feel better. It's kind of like you can do whatever you want. God still loves you. You'll be saved. And they're not doing as much of like the convicting messages, which is one of like, those are my favorites because it really gets down to the core of who you are and getting to know God more. But I feel like a lot of churches to get people to go are more focusing on, the feel-good messages to make them feel like better Christians and not digging deeper. But also, like Dylan was saying, the communities, like, I come here and I know I can come how I am with my past. 
and I will not be judged. And it's kind of just freeing to be able to come here with different outlets to where you can find people more like you and just join in fellowship with people who you can just take that veil off and let God work in you in convicting messages or not. So, yes. So we want to look at language Mm -hmm. and we want to look at authenticity, but that doesn't mean watering down the gospel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like the the big theme that we're talking about is language and communication. So I'll, I'll double down on that and say it's probably a lot about how people um, talk about and communicate to our generation uh, and not just like how they speak to us one-on-one. Um, but something that I've noticed a lot is it's really easy for people to kind of fall into that trap of like poking poking at a younger generation because they don't they either don't understand or they don't think that they're relevant or something like that and i don't think they mean to i think in in our like southern baptist um hyper conservative world i think it's easy for people to latch onto this idea that people younger than them line up with these um characteristics that they see a lot on the news so how like millennials and gen z's are ruining the world by doing x things and not adhering to um, certain ways of doing church or technology and stuff. And I, I wouldn't want that to spill into how people communicate to our generation um, and like create a toxic relationship or something like that, especially from the pulpit or from podcasts like this. You like, you're very careful with how you communicate things to people of different ethnicities. Like you're, you choose your words very carefully. Right. Um, and I, I would imagine that it, it would be nice to get to the place where people were equally as choosing about the words that they use when talking about other generations, because like we've talked about language That's isn't good. the same just because you don't understand how a certain generation might function differently from the generation that you come from. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't like learn how to speak their language. And I would say not just in public, but when you are with your family or when you're with your friends, because the words that you speak have meaning and they settle into your heart. So sometimes we have to change our own attitude and our own perspective, and we have to ask God to change our perspective. And there may be circumstances where your generation and you individually need to ask God to change your perspective of our generation, Yeah. right? Because we're all one body of Christ, and if we're all going to be working together for one purpose for the kingdom, then we have to recognize that we're one body. And the divisions that we have are not as big as we Mm -hmm. think that they are. And I think you've mentioned this before too, but to, to be okay with the fact that we all function differently because at the end of the day, the church is made up of a multi-generational multicultural group of people, because that's what God laid out from the beginning of time. It's very clear in revelation that it's, it's going to be every culture and every age and every civilization. And that's what makes up the body at the end of the day. Right. And there's nothing in scripture that talks about, a division in the body. Everything says unity within the body, not unity within the body if it's in a certain age group or a certain ethnicity or a certain culture. It's unity with all believers, and that's what we need to work towards. Just real quick, and then you guys get one sentence. That's it, one sentence um, for the five of them. But I want the guys, uh, Dylan, Sal, and Josh, if you guys can say, give... Give some advice 
to the next generation below you, the high schoolers that are coming, and the young adults in your group. Um, so one sentence advice to that, and the girls, Hunter and Marissa, some advice for you guys kind of along the lines of like society is pushing against us saying women have to be, you know, all powerful, all whatever, which they've always been, you know, why are we now all of a sudden making this emphasis Preach. on this? Like <laughs> when haven't they been all powerful and God designed them that way and guys the same way is they want to decrease us. They want to say we need to be less of a role and we need to be more gentle and more whatever so kind of speaking a one sentence advice based on kind of that thing so i would say if you want to trust god to transform you how you are as somebody coming up through high school going into college would just be to submit your life to him now rather than 40 years from now because there's a whole lot of transformation that's going to take place in these years in your life that you know in college you, you could do it again but at 20 years old going through college there's so much you're going to learn and so much you're going to be transformed through so I think submitting your life to him and trusting him is the best thing you can do. Nice. That's beautiful. That's good. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Hunter. Um, I was just going to use a really cheesy <laughs> little quote that people say. is like, um, Comparison is the thief of joy. I feel like me growing up, I definitely compared myself, and it took away from my relationship with God and how he sees me. So I feel, especially nowadays, that comparison is really rough, especially on women and young girls. What advice would you give, Sal? I would say just uh, surround yourself with good people and, I mean, people you can connect with and really, like, have relationships with, people that you trust, definitely. You want to swing the microphone to Josh Taylor? Squeak. Sound like a dungeon door. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Similarly to Sal's, I think um, I'm supposed to do one sentence. I'm not going to do one sentence. Similarly to Sal, uh, I think it's super important for everybody to have uh, a group of people their age that they can live life with and learn um, with each other and grow closer to Jesus with each other and also have a group of people or a couple or a person who is in the life stage above them that can help pull them up to that level um, and help them grow in Jesus that way. So that's the big thing for me growing up was that I didn't have either one or the other, uh, and it stunted a lot of my spiritual growth. So I would greatly encourage people to make sure that you're invested in a community of believers that are of your age group that love you and care for you and want to uh, grow in Jesus with you, and also to have somebody who's at the level where you want to be one day that can help you get there. And I think that's so important for all of us. Yeah. Because you and I talked yesterday in the concourse about, and you were telling me how this is like a multi-panel thing with, you know, how trusting young adults to lead the church. And it's like, is it like a my way or the highway thing, or is it going to be like a just trust it? And I think the biggest thing, it kind of came to me while we were sitting here, you know, especially as kids, like we're all 20-somethings. We trusted our parents to raise us for our first 18 years. And knowing that in a church, if we have God at our foundation, I think our parents can trust us and the older generations can trust us to lead with God's intentions. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's the same thing in the gospel. Like the Bible is written 
with inspiration from God. So I think leading the church is the same thing. If we keep that same model of God first, love God, love people, that the church will be just the same as it is. Mm. Yeah, I think the to build on that, the the best advice I was ever given as far as leadership when I was a young adult, because my I had it in my head, leadership was a position. Leadership was management. Leadership was running your own company, whatever it may be. And somebody once came along and said, leadership is influencing people. That's as simple as it can be. It is influencing people. And you guys all are influencing, whether you know it or not, just by showing up every day, showing up on Sundays, being involved in the church, working at the church. You guys are influencing all the people around you. They're watching, they're seeing this stuff. Um, And so that is future leadership in the church, is just doing what you are called to do where you're at. It's not waiting for them to, you know, call me up to be the next whatever small group coordinator or wherever it may be. It's uh, just start influencing people where you guys are at right now. And also the flip side to that, because there's always two sides to every coin and the upper generation, the Gen X and baby boomers at the church have to trust that, develop that walk into that and but also the young adults have to be docile moldable teachable in those things and not be so rigid and mm, you guys don't understand me so therefore you don't need to tell me what to do kind of thing so there's a little give and take on both sides so and i learned that and uh i learned that in a hard way <laughs> mm. but it's definitely i think though looking back on that that's what's given me this passion to be doing what I'm doing with the young adults and being in ministry and just going, do not do what I did. Mm-hmm. Don't be a bonehead like I was. That should be a t-shirt. That should be the next. Gen oh, Z lingo. Don't Gen, be a bonehead. Yeah. You should make that head. like the young adults with, t-shirt. With your picture. With my picture. Yeah. Don't be a bonehead, my Don't guy. Don't be David. My guy. Don't be David. Bonehead. This is David. This is David. This Don't is David, David as a bonehead. Don't be, Don't be, a, yeah. <laughs> Don't be a bonehead. So I think that that's a good place to close out this uh, episode. And I want to thank all of you for coming. You guys are awesome. And I hope that you guys will consider coming back again. Yeah. We would love to have you come Absolutely. back again. Um, but we'll close the podcast out and, uh, and let's just pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to build one another up and to encourage one another. And we do want to be one body. We want to have one purpose, and we want to make sure that it's your purpose and not our purpose. So I pray a blessing over Brookwood Young Adults, but more importantly, I pray for your guidance as we all move together in one voice, in one body, to fulfill fulfill your purpose and to serve the kingdom. Lord, I pray that you would encourage us and that you would give us direction. Show us how to love one another and how to move together as you direct. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for making it all the way through the podcast with us. We pray that this was an encouragement for you in your walk with Christ. The Young Adults Ministry here at Brookwood is for anyone ages 18 to 29. 
If you're in that age range and you want to get involved, or if you're not in that age range and want to know more about how you can mentor our young adults, reach out to David Wildman at david.wildman at berkwoodchurch.org, or you can call him at 864-688-8289. We will see you next time. More snack now that I have my More own. snack. <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> More of a snack. More of a snack. <laughs> Cut. Do not put that do in. Do not put no, that, that in. Put no. that in. No. Yeah, can you email that soundbite to us? Make it a text tone.